Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of season two of the Fine Watchers podcast. Lewis, how are you going? Mate, never better. Never better. Super busy, super happy, have things going really well. And um, yeah, no complaints here. No one listens when I do, so I just just keep rolling along. But how are you? Because you are in a different background. All of you guys on YouTube can see that Ben is in a different place. Where Indeed. are you? Indeed. I am in Tokyo, my favorite other city in the world other than my hometown of Melbourne. Uh, I am here for a number of reasons, but um, not least of which is uh, getting a few watches for myself and for clients. And, uh, yeah, it is just such an amazing place. So much food, so much shopping, so many watches. It's just phenomenal. Excuse the noise, but I'm sure we'll be able to edit it out. There's a little bit of work outside of my apartment today, but that is A-OK. So, so starting guys, with, oops, sorry, I'll just jump around for you. Hit it, hit it. So, guys, um, before we you know get started in earnest, and and before we carry on as we mean to carry on, um, thank, again, thank you for all the support. We've we've seen great numbers, especially on the YouTube side of things and the um, audio. So, if you if you have been listening and watching along, we thank you so much. Just don't forget to like, subscribe. It's really important. Uh, we see that quite a large number of the views are coming from unsubscribed people, especially on YouTube. So, please. Hit the subscribe button. Let us know that you're enjoying what we're doing, and uh, just gives us that little bit of extra motivation to to continue. And you know, we love doing this. This is great. Uh, we get to hang out for an hour and just talk shit about watches, which is the best. So please like, subscribe um, on your audio podcast. Just you know, hit the likes, give us the ratings. Uh, we love it, and thank you so much for all your support. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, community is growing, and uh, mm-hmm. that is. Just awesome! It's really great to see, and and as Lewis said, it gives gives us that uh, little oomph to push forward. So, what I was going to say before wrist check, what are you? Uh, what have you got for us today? All right, today, um, very special piece to me. This is my Formex Essence Thirty Nine in Malachite. So, I think I've spoken about this one before. Indeed, uh, my camera's a little further away today because I've got a new setup as well. I'm, I've sort of moved around, but. Um, 39 millimeter um, actual malachite dial on my Formex. This is a beautiful watch. The dial is unbelievable in the daylight. It's almost luminescent to itself. The crystal just shines. I love it. Um, I have a bit of an obsession with malachite. It's by far my favorite of all the sort of crystals and stones that you put on watches. Um, and then the essence obviously has the little party trick with the suspended case. Um, I don't know if you can see this on YouTube, but I am flexing my case. Not a euphemism. For once, <laughs> I love the quote as well. I think it's 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 got almost like uh, it's like a grain of a timber, like of a treated timber. It's sort of it's three yep. D without being three D, and it's just it's just gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, it's a I beautiful watch. It. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I love this one. This my, was um, when we when we signed on Formex as an AD. I was a bit cheeky, and I spoke to Marcus, who runs there social media side over there. And I said, you know, I'd love a, a Malachite. I've already got a, a blue 39 my wife bought me. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, no chance. They're all gone. And then uh, it turned up in the package with the rest of it. So that was quite cool. So I appreciated that. I paid them for it after that. Um, but very, very happy. Ben, what's on What's on your wrist, Matt? So I, for me, this is kind of, a, you know, a, the, the one watch collection issue, right? Because I, I don't typically like to take a whole bunch of watches with me traveling. Um, for no other reason, just, you know, like 
get lost or stolen or whatever. And if you've got a nice enough watch or a good enough watch, you don't really need a bunch of them. So for me, it's my my perennial favourite. And yeah. if I really had a one watch collection, it would probably be this one. It is my uh, Zenith El Primero uh, Rainbow Chronograph in in the coloured version. Uh, and, yeah, no, I just love this. And so I'm afraid it's going to be a bit, bit boring for the next couple of episodes unless I pick something up while I'm over here because I mean, it's, it's uh, not like there's an abundance of watch stores near you or anything. Oh, there is, but there's so many watches that, you know, it's it's better to stay out until it's time to do some some serious buying. Otherwise, <laughs> that, get, that is my problem. Like, I mean, we spoke privately. Like, I um, I can't show it and I, I won't tell anyone what it is yet, but I, I bought a watch this week um, for myself. Um, sadly, my um, my Rolex Date 8 with my Onyx Dial is... Uh, Moved on to a new home. Um, it's been replaced with something, and I'm still waiting for it. It's supposed to be delivered yesterday. Not here. Just waiting for FedEx to pull their finger out their bums and give me my watch. I'm too excited for it. Oh, I have. Speaking of which, my Mad One is is uh, with DHL. So oh. I am. I've I've asked my wife to make herself available to be at home to sign for that on the day <laughs> that it arrives because I am not having that disappear back into the DHL storage system until I get yeah. back. And she had and she actually received the uh the Zeric wandering hours, which um, I am super, super keen to see when I get back uh, as well. I'm actually here for a month, so there's going to be a couple of episodes from here. Um, look out for the next one where we're going to do a, a Japan watch special talking about uh, the industry over here, which is, uh, you know, not to preempt that conversation too much, but is, you know, absolutely world-class in its own right. So um, we look, Speak- look forward to that one. Speaking of Kickstarter, did you see... So this is, have you been on Kickstarter recently, this week? I This week, no. I kind of, again, I just stay off because there's so many I got caught. I got caught. I, I, it, the new Radcliffe, Radcliffe Le Dome. Oh, that's that frog eye thing. Yeah. Like, like MBNF-ish yeah. frog eye thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught out. Like, And, you know, to be fair, so it's run by a guy called um, Tayeb. Uh, Busalia, and I apologize if I'm butchering your name, Taya. Um, he's been super communicative to the backers, which is really cool because the the Yemma Kickstarter that we both backed really slack on the updates. There, Yemma, not great <laughs> on the communication side of things. I know, slow, I know you're French, but come on. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, Radcliffe Dome, It's my kind of thing, like just weird time telling craziness. Cool piece, good price. I think for Australian, it works out to be about six hundred bucks, something like that. So I'm, uh, we'll see. We'll see when I'll keep you updated and let you know what happens with that one. I think that I think the the mark of when you sent me that one the other day, I think the mark of whether that one is going to be absolutely amazing or Kickstarter rubbish is is going to be the is going to be the crystal on the front. Yeah. And if they do an amazing, if you know, if they do a really good job of of doing a, you know, a beautiful synthetic, you know, crystal on the front, then I reckon that'll be cool. Well, um, so if they don't, in terms of like, like a Macca's watch toy thing, in terms of like Kickstarters and success, I mean, they they had a goal of ten thousand pounds, British pounds, and they hit three hundred and forty four thousand pounds. 
It's like half a million dollars. It's pretty good. Like, it's insane, good. right? And he did it in he did it in no time. Like it was crazy how quickly that came up. So yeah, good on him. Um, Tayeb, he's, he's doing good work, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. And I think you're right. That big domed sapphire, um, guys. If you haven't seen it, um, just head over to Kickstarter. Type in Radcliffe with an E at the end, and you'll see it. Radcliffe Le Dome. I think it's quite cool. Awesome. Worth a shout. Worth a look. So is that is that your two weeks in watches item? Because I have I have. I guess one. so. I, I guess so. One. That's my that's my thing. Two weeks in watches. Yeah. So I. Lately, and it's probably something we could have talked about last week, uh, there's been this kind of return to the whole sort of those mechanical kind of pornography watches with little things underneath yeah. the dials or whatever. The, um, like Yuli Snardan, is it Blancpain do them as well? Or Breguet yeah, did some? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's been quite a few. And uh, there's there is where are we? There was but there's one that came out today, and I'm going to briefly flash it up because it's not really that. Oh, no, raunchy. no, no, because it's not because uh, it's not it's not uh, it's not that pornographic or whatever. You ever needed a, an excuse to go onto the YouTube side of things? Look at Ben's dirty dials. Yeah, the dirty dials. Like why? I look. I get it. If if it's like the mechanics of creating like the little figures that do stuff and everything is is cool, and it's whilst it's obviously a very big holder for over from an age where you had to flip your watch over to see something a little something bit funny. raunchy as opposed to you know the plethora of digital imagery that's available now. <laughs> But why I, I don't know, like that collection that I just flashed up is like, you know, why why would you why would you make that? And it's and it's from a big house too. I'm just trying to find it uh again now. I think it was Rashon or someone. And it's just like why would you why would you do that? What do you what do so you So it's just like a painted dial, is that what it is? Yeah, basically. Basically, in this particular case, and it's and then I mean, okay, they're, they're you know they're 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 pretty girls and everything, but like, why? They're not real, Ben. You're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I know your wife's not with you for a month, but calm down, mate. Oh no, but like, <laughs> but it's not you know, it's not as if it's it's not as if it, it's particularly beautiful artwork or whatever. It's just like pinup girl, pinup girl style art. On, on on a watch and I don't I, I don't really get it. So that's that's my you know Ben's rant about what the hell kind of thing. Um is I, it, I just, was it Vacheron? I think it is Vacheron. Uh trying to find no, it. Ulysses, just... Pardon me. Ulysses Nardin. Yeah that makes more sense, doesn't it? Ulysses Nardin. But I mean if I if I you know if we if we pick one that's even a bit bigger, like again, like looking at the 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 quality of it is I don't know. It looks like something you'd pick up in a yeah. department store or something. It's not, it doesn't look, it doesn't, it's not a piece of artwork of, of certainly not of any sort of horological engineering or anything. Or, and, and it's not, it's, I don't know. That was a surprising release from uh, Ulysses. That is, that's all. Like, it's not surprising that Ulysses and I didn't did that because, you know, they've got form for doing the, those kind of things. It's the Classico range. I found it. Yeah. It's really, 
Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's kind of, it's kind of shit. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, that's what I'm saying before. Like, okay, they're pretty girls, but the, the artwork's kind of shit. Like, it's not even, you know. You've got, like, mermaids, two mermaids eating each other out under the water. Like, what? why? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that one. On grand. Yeah. Hey, like, yeah. Yeah. much better is free. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. Outraged. It's, it's just an outraged section. It's just it's like, just I don't know, like some of those. Price on demand, which which means stupid money. Like, let's be honest, yeah. price on demand means stupid money. It's the AP yeah. system. Like, we just tell you what you pay. It's just, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what, uh, what you come in with on your wrist and adjust yeah. what car key Ooh. you put down. On this, can I have a rant? I, can yeah, I, please. You might, our main topic this week might get a bit shorter because of this rant because all oh, I was hot about this. Go for it. Okay. This is not a plug for how good of a watch dealer I am. Not a plug for that. <laughs> just bear that in mind. Go on. In my store right now, I have a, a brand new AP Royal Oak Offshore Chrono, 43 mil, titanium ceramic pushers, blue dial. It's If you're into this AP, like if you're into it, this is a great watch, right? I'm selling it for like 57 grand. One of my customers spoke to an AP dealer last week because he likes this one, but he's not sure if it's quite right for him. He wants like a blue diver. Anyway, he speaks to AP. He calls him up and he says, hey, I really like the offshore, just the the Royal Oak diver. Really plain, simple with a blue dial, right? Now, the black ones of these pre-owned are like less than 30K. That's just what they are now. They quoted in mid-60s. Mid sixties for a three hand diver in steel, when I've got like a brand new on grey market for fifty seven chronograph in titanium. The fuck are they playing at? That's They're just that naming sounds, their price now. That it's sounds disgusting. about right though. That sounds about right though. Like grey market. What? It, so what? What's the what's the the delta there? Ten percent. So that's pretty. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, you can get grey market. You can, which is always going to be more expensive than retail. That's just, you know, we live in that world. Yeah. The gray market chrono in titanium is like 10 grand cheaper than just the plain diver from AP because now they name their price. There is no retail price. They just tell you whatever they want. What is that? That's bizarre. That watch out of AP should have cost 40 max. And they quoted him, I think it was 66,000. What is that? I want to know what AP is going to do when their contract with, you know, the Royal Oak, with with the Gerald Genta estate or whatever for <laughs> the Royal Oak shape patent or whatever, however they arrange these things legally uh, expires because, you know, think about, I mean, you know, we've, you've, you've, uh, there are some beautiful old APs that are, you know, pre Gerald Gento or whatever, and and or at least pre pre uh, Royal Oak, and and you know, God, a bit of a one trick pony as far as the market's concerned, you know, like that's. Oh yeah, did you see the one that went up for auction with the the mother of pearl dial, the light blue mother of pearl dial, the complicated what did it make? one? I saw it went for auction, but I didn't see what it. Yeah, what, I can't remember. I, I don't know, but a beautiful watch, beautiful watch. But yeah, like I just got really pissed off. I was I talked to my customer, and he's. Like Lewis, what do I do? Like this is that feels like robbery. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what that is, mate. Sure, that's the that's the, the dealer you've got for you know the, the ten grand the, less the reduced amount of money. You know, I, I just I, I just I don't get my head around that. At least with 
And then the problem we have, right, is that the market then struggles to keep up with that shit because gray market dealers like you and I, we set our pricing based off of retail and demand. Yeah. So sure. like if well, based off two demand, 36 month than- date just now are like retail and under because the demand is not great, the supply side, and we know the retail price. If we don't know the retail price, they're just guessing. So guys now are selling APs for like 50 grand that a month ago were 30 because we knew the retail price. But now they're just guessing. Like it actually it hurts everyone. It just hurts it hurts end users because even if they don't want to wait in your silly line to be told they're worthy of buying a watch, they then have to guess what you would have sold it. So then the gray market dealer is also guessing what that would have been sold for. And then everyone's just, oh, it's a stupid, stupid system. It is. Look, I think, I think it's, and that, and that brings us perfect. I think that's a perfect segue until in, into today's uh, topic that, that we, we, we want to discuss. And that is, should I use a watch sourcing service or, you know, watch sourcing services generally? Um, I, I wanted, before we started to, to address the, the, the the upcoming elephant in the room in that in that we are both obviously we both offer a watch sourcing service and you know the dear listener you know obviously please use us da 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 but this is the idea of this is not to promote our watch sourcing service it is no. services it is to help uh, people who are trying to buy watches understand why it's a good idea uh, and what in the market it is that drives us to do what we do because it goes just it goes beyond just making some money and whatever it's it, we we do it because we love watches and we love the the community around it and we like to to help people and i think that that what you've touched on is is a really good place to start is that watches are an expensive game that you know okay people people can, look people can collect Casios, or they can collect swatches, yeah. or they can collect, you know, the, the consumer quality consumer level Seikos for five hundred bucks each, and that's not really a watch sourcing service game because you can go out. There's not a lot of money to be saved or whatever, but even someone's first kind of serious purchase might be three thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Like some people learn that in a month. A lot of people earn that in a month. A lot of people don't earn that in a month. Yeah, and but like, most people don't. <laughs> and, and, don't and certainly don't just spend a, a whole month's salary in one go on, on a watch. And then it goes up very, very, very quickly from there, um, although there is a hell of a lot, you know, of quality in in in, in and around that 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 uh, neighbourhood. But the other problem is that with, with social media, there's also this – this phenomenon that we've talked about before about certain certain algorithm driven you know popularity of of a very very small group of brands which we've mentioned yeah. a million times before we don't need to mention again in this context but is one that will shift very slowly as the market shifts in terms of the focus of its popularity on a particular brand or model or whatever and it means that people who are, who want a new watch you know, all the time you hear, oh, I'm going to get my first watch. You know, what are you going to get? Oh, I want to get a, you know, a, a Rolex or an AP or a, or whatever. And you kind of think, geez, you know, if I was spending my first $20,000 on a watch, would I necessarily yeah. buy that particular piece or that particular brand? And for me anyway, and I don't know about you, but for me anyway, 
In 90% of cases, the answer is no, like because there's so you can get two or three different things. And as we've talked about in our in our starting a collection discussion, you know, buy a few cheaper things, make mistakes. And so the market create is is a really it's a market that's fraught with with not dangers, but but you know, pitfalls for, for new collectors. And if you get a, a really good watch sourcing service, get for someone who's not just going to try and sell you what they have in their cabinet or their safe right now, but help you to find something, you are likely to to get something that you are going to be much happier with in the long run and get much better yeah. value out of it. I think you're right. And like two things on that, like this week alone, like one of my very, very good friends started his first watch collection and got into watches. He's been talking to me for a while about it. And he, um, yeah, he had a, he had an amount of money he wanted to spend. You know, he could have spent up to sort of twenty grand. And in the end, we we went through everything with him, and and we discovered that the best watch for him right now that he was really happy with was like a thousand dollar Oris Classic. Awesome. And mate, the texts I got afterwards of him just like, this is perfect. Look at this. I'm a mate. Look at this. This is great. Like he was so happy with it. And I and I said to him like, you've you've gone through the process of of curating. Uh, and this is this is the other point is that something that we offer is collection curation, and that's just as important for guys who've got a lot of money to spend and don't really know what to do with it, or are just starting, or are like just getting into it and don't know where to go. Like curating the collection and saying, well, are you a person who values the brand more than the p, like more than the the total collection? Are you someone who wants? A diver, a dress watch, a chronograph, and you want to tick off boxes. I think someone who's great at this kind of thing is is um, Teddy Baldazar. Yeah. Like his collection videos that he does, where he, he gives a budget and then says, "Look, these are the types of collectors." Using a service, and not just us, like using a, a service that you trust to curate a collection and to to source you a specific watch is really really important because not only are you going to make a better decision, a more informed decision, you're then going to be happier on the back end of that purchase. You won't have the, that I'm sure Ben's had the same, I've had this in my personal collection of like, do I, do I love this? Do Oh, it's, it's been a month. Am I happy? No. Should I sell this? Should I, and you get this doubt. If you spend the time, take your time and go through that, that sourcing process with someone who knows what they're doing, has the contacts, which is probably the next point we're going to have to talk about. then you'll get less of that regret, less of that hesitancy, and, and maybe even none of that hesitancy at the end of it, which is what we're all sort of chasing, really, when you're spending this kind of money. Yeah, well, look, I think I think there's there's definitely... Uh, there, I think for a lot of collectors who have a, a, a more than, say, two or three watches or whatever, even the ones that have two or three, there's always kind of a revolving door section of the collection, yeah. and then there's the kind of core pieces that you go... I'm never getting rid of this. And and a lot of times, even for, I, I know of a lot of collectors where they've owned a piece and they've gone, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get rid of this now. And then they've gone, oh, I never should have sold that Omega Speedmaster or I never should yeah. have sold that, you know, Rolex Datejust or whatever because they're just, such, there, there are certain watches that we've talked about on over time that, you know, lots of, lots of Rolex and Submariners and Speedmasters from Omega and, and, and AP Royal Oaks. And all there are all these watches that are so classic and they've been around for 30, 60 years or whatever for a reason. 
and people get one and then they go, oh, Omega, oh, it's, I got this Speedmaster for $5,000 and now I'm in the $20,000 category. And then they go, oh, so I'll piss this off. But then you find yourself looking going, hold on, that $5,000 Speedmaster is just as much of a joy to look at every day, yeah. if not more so than this, you know, MBNF that I've got that's $200,000 because I can't wear it every day and so it's it's exactly that so i think that the the, the advantage of, of having somebody who is is finding watches for you and helping you create a curate collection is is several fold first of all they they probably have a broader knowledge and in-depth knowledge of watches than most people do and don't get me wrong there are some collectors that know a shitload more than I do, and and more than you and I combined, I would oh, say for sure, for uh, sure. And and can reel brands off and all that. For I mean, if you want an experience of that, listen, listeners, you know, check out my conversation with with Fred Mandelbaum. Like that guy is like talking to a watch encyclopedia, and and he was the guy that taught me more than anything else. Having started this this podcast that I, I knew how to swim, but this was a very, very deep lake. And, and uh, you know, talking to someone, someone like that or someone who, who's offering you that as a, as, a, as a commercial service is an advantage. That, that brings me to another quick point to make is there is also an advantage in, I think, paying someone to do this service for you as well as a separate thing. And again, this is not about wanting somebody to pay me or pay Lewis. It is just the fact that if, well, if you want to pay me, I'm open for it. That's fine. If you want, that's that's fine as well. But <laughs> if, uh, but but it is it is worth having somebody actually do this as a paid service for you, so that you can be absolutely assured that they are not just trying to sell you the thing that they have, but that yeah. they are going to take the time and do the work to find what it is that you should have and is going to make you the most happy over a period of time. And on that, the, the other side to that is to make sure that you are getting exactly the thing that you think you're getting because there are a lot of pitfalls in this industry. There are a lot of sharks and Odds are, if someone's been around for a while, they've got a store, a reputable business, you know, they've got a good presence, they've got a good reputation, they're going to have contacts who are legit contacts. And I know, you know, I know personally, some of our guys are some of the biggest people you, you'll see on YouTube. All those guys that you see on YouTube that are selling huge amounts of watches are who I'm buying from and who I'm sourcing with and who I'm doing it with. That has taken a long time to set that relationship up to be able to get access to anything. And so if you're going at this on your own, you're not going to have I mean you'll be able to speak to these people because they're they're public faces, they're going to they're going to speak to you but you're not having that relationship with them, that trust. You're not if if you say to one of these people say, "Hey, I want this specific Daytona." And he doesn't have an in, well, it's probably the end of that conversation. Right? He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have it, and I've got you know twenty million dollars coming here, so I don't really need that one little sale. But if the guy that you're sourcing through goes to them, or girl that you're sourcing through goes to those people and says, "Hey, I got a customer, good guy. Um, this is the watch I need. I know you don't have it, but I know you know blah blah and blah blah. Can you put the feelers out, grab me this watch? 
odds are within a week that thing's turning up. Like because that relationship has been built, that friendship has been built, and that trust has been built between those dealers and that, that sourcing specialist. So you then won't get hit with those dead ends that we all, all get hit with at some point as personal collectors where you're just searching. Like a good example, like you said to me this week, hey, I found this this Eric Clapton, this Universal Genetic oh, Clapton. Oh, I'm still thinking about that right? watch. I, don't I know, thought you bought it already. I thought you would have bought it. But either no. way, you found this watch, right? So if you had a customer for that, that would have been gone, right? That's a very, very hard watch to find, but now you have a connection. You have that relationship to find that watch, to get that watch to that person, and then someone's going to get what they want ultimately at the end of the day. Absolutely. And and that's the, that's the other thing about, about watch sourcing services, if they are worth their, their salt, is that it, and, and typically, let's face it, a watch sourcing service is, is always going to be a watch dealer. Whether they call themselves a trader or a dealer or whatever, it doesn't matter. They are a, they are a watch dealer, but they are someone who offers a, a different, deeper service for uh, a more discerning buyer, and and a, and can develop and you can leverage their relationship in a relationship with your your watch sourcing service. So over time, as you want more pieces and and you know want to maybe get things that are rarer and all that sort of thing then you know you've got someone to call and go hey listen do you think you can get me that one with that dial or whatever and that's this is why I'm in Japan I've I've got uh a, a number of collect a number of um connections here that I've bought many many watches both uh for myself for fine watches stock and in turn to to pass through to clients um and uh that's part of the reason I'm spending time here is is building on those connections because uh part of it is buying watches off people and then you know like everything else part of it is just drinking sake and having <laughs> yakitori sticks and laughing you know like everything else so it's you know with these are real relationships uh that that you know a good watch sourcing person will have and uh, you know that that's something that you can benefit from uh, as a collector. Yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely. and, and benefit it's, it's just really financially on the simplest level, just financially as well. Is that yeah. you know if someone it's like using a, a bigger builder or whatever. Like if someone has economies of scale about how many watches they're buying from someone or whatever. If if even if you see it on Chrono at one price, we can watch sourcer can usually ring knows where it's from or whatever and can ring and go right. Actually, what's that? What exactly. You, what am I going to buy that from you for? So that's uh, that's the other thing. Too. A little bit of inside baseball on that as well. Like uh, this purchase that I've made for myself, I was from one of our good uh, wholesale customers that we deal with. We buy wholesale from quite often and he's bought from us. And I saw the piece online. I just what I wanted. And let's say it had a price. So I messaged and said, hey, you know, I'm looking at this for myself. Like, is there anything we can do? Like within... 10 minutes, there was five, $6,000 Australian off it. Just done, dusted. I'm like, mate, I'm gold with that. You know, if you just said, ma'am, I've got nothing in it, I probably would have bought it because I wanted to watch and I like the guy. Like, it's not an issue, but just having that relationship, like, straight away, I know where he needs to be. He knows where I need to be just without really saying it. And he goes, yeah, let's make it work because he knows I'm buying next time. And he's on our WhatsApp groups. We're on his WhatsApp group. We're all you know, connected together and it's mutually beneficial that way. If you're out there and you're looking for something really specific, 
and you see it online, go and talk to your local, you know, your, your dealer, your watch dealer, your reputable people and say like, Hey, do you deal with this guy? Like, do you, do you have a relationship there? Like, I'm looking for this watch. He has it. Do you think you can middleman this for me? Mate, we might take 500 bucks to, to do the fee or, you know, we might, we might, that's the rate, but you might save two, three grand on that. You, you could save 10 depending on the, the total value. So, you know, it's going to be better in your pocket to use someone who has a relationship already with a dealer because all dealers operate on margins. And depending on the scale of the dealer, that margin is very different. And if you're dealing with larger dealers, larger stores who deal internationally, you're going to probably get better pricing. And not only, not only that, but look, again, a little bit of inside baseball as well. It's like for everybody knows that that if you're holding stock, then you need a bigger margin on on what you make Absolutely. on it. But if a, if a watch sourcer is not make, is is just passing it through, then okay, you know that they're going to make something out of finding it for you. But you know, for a few phone calls and and spending time with you and talking shit about watches, which which you know we drink. do because we enjoy and we do we do with clients because we enjoy, then you know it's 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 a, it's a less it, there's less money that's required to, yeah, to make sure. out of a given transaction. The other thing is, look, I you know obviously. And that's that's a key point because I think that a lot of our listeners, you know, especially people who've been collecting for a while and all that, they, they, the reason that a lot of people who are into watches typically are, are, are often are, are thinking people, they're successful people, whatever. So basically, none, nothing that we've said is necessarily, uh, you know, exclusive to the watch industry. Probably not surprises to those people because basically any industry people have collect connections and all of that. But this is the key to me. That's the key difference, though. In in in, I don't know, cars or uh, building or you know anything where you know having your your connections economy of scale be a part of the thing. It's very very rare that that uh, you know, for example, a car dealer genuinely handles all brands. So if you're looking to, you know, yeah. a, a similar, yeah. per, a, a, the analogy would be, uh, you know, I don't know, you, you've you've had a successful equity event or whatever, and you've decided I'm buying my first, you know, serious vintage sports car or you know, top end sports car or whatever, and I'm not decided is it a Ferrari or an Aston Martin? Da, 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 da. There are very very few yeah. dealers that genuinely Who do you go to for that, yeah. That genuinely do all of those brands because a yeah. lot of those brands, you know, people sell Ferraris back to Ferrari dealers and all that. In Melbourne, it's a guy called Dutton. I'm sure there's, you oh, know, he's a others, I'm sure there's others, you know, everywhere else. Um, but but Peter Dutton started it down in down in Melbourne, and you know, so there are people like Duttons that you can go to and go look. I'm in the market for a you know 1960 blah 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 E type Jag 12 cylinder da da da, and they will be able. He will if the people there because Peter Dutton's gone a long time ago, rest its soul or whatever. But the the um, the people there will be able to find that for you because they know a lot of different people and they've got a lot of clients who might be over their V12 type that they sold them and they want to get into something else. So, Could you imagine ever being over that car? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what, though. Like I used to oh. work, uh, I've mentioned it in, in other um, podcasts in Series 1, but I don't know if I've mentioned it with, together with you. I mean, obviously I've mentioned it to you off air, but I used to work with, um, I used to work at Aston Martin and, 
you know, and look, you would have seen it with watches, right? Like people, people would go, oh, why would I ever get sick of a, of my Samara? Why would I ever get sick of my, my, my Speedmaster? It's the same with cars. People, uh-huh. you know, you, you go there and you like, you sell someone a brand new Vantage, you know, V8S in their choices of colors and their da 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 da. And you go, and you're, why, why are you never ever going to get a better car? And this is unbelievable. And they, they'll say that when they pick it up. Six months later, oh, I want the V12 and why I'm going to kind of get this. And actually, next time I want pearl paint and da 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 da. Like it's a never ending game. And look, watches are the same. Let's face it. Like, I don't think yeah. you could genuinely, uh, listeners, if you are genuinely, a one watch collection person. If you have had one, let's extend it to two watches that you have had for more than, can we help me here with a number, Lewis, 10 years that you've 10 had? 10 years, one, yeah. Okay, Just one, one or two watch watches for 10 years. you have not had change over for 10 years, get in contact with us and <laughs> I give you my personal guarantee, we will have you on the show, on camera, <laughs> to talk about, how we're going to show, we we're gonna show you, you off like a we'll you, freak show. We will give you, no, with the greatest of respect, we, I will, we will give you an entire episode because I, wanna, I want to understand your mentality because I, I have never met anybody who in watches or cars, to be fair, who genuinely does that. And, and it's, you yeah. know, I get it. I get it. People, people always want something different. And there are certain things that you keep like, you know, Zenith Rainbow or whatever, and you know, but everybody wants something different all the time. And uh, you know, that's again going back to the topic. That is why to have a good relationship with a good watch sourcing service is uh, is is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think when we're looking at sourcing, it, it doesn't just have to be on the high end. Like we've, you know, we say the Casios and stuff. Like, yeah, that's swatches. Well, depends on the vintage swatch. Some of that stuff's really hard to find. Um, but some of the like some of the actually most difficult things to find are like the weird Breitling references, like sort of fairly modern Omegas that are just like low production. Like a lot of that stuff's actually really hard to find. So using someone who has contacts, like if you want a specific dial Speedmaster reduced. Like there's not many of them out there. Like there's a lot of the plain stuff, and there's all these crossover references. Like I've found in the past, like some of that stuff can actually be the hardest stuff to to find, but you, you've got to have the, the the context on the back end. If you want, like, you, mate, name me an RM, give me give me a day, and it's on it's on your wrist. Like, this stuff's easy as long as you know who you're looking for. Like, APs for the most part, like unless it's a one of three reference or something, you just want a, a 15500, 15500. Like, yeah, it's done. It's easy, but. If you're looking for something specific, something vintage, something, you know, from from Omega, Breitling, Tag, the, those bigger brands that perhaps people don't sell onto a pre-owned market or ladies' watches. Like if you want a ladies' watch nowadays, like women don't sell their watches onto the gray market, or, you know, pre-owned. It just doesn't happen. They buy them and they keep them. So, you know, if you're looking for a specific piece for your, your significant other or for yourself, that's probably, you know, engage a sourcing service because some of that stuff can be really, really difficult to go on your own. And then you get into the whole thing of like dial swaps, like guys will have their, you know, Rolex and they just swap a dial out. And then you, I mean, we had a horror story recently that we heard from another dealer in Australia who flipped a, a John Mayer Green Daytona, right? Publicly on a forum, this dealer did this. And then 
guy sends it in for service to Rolex and it was a dial swap. And he paid like peak April 2022 pricing, 2021 pricing, oh, like half a million dollars. And it was a dial swap on a watch worth a hundred grand. No way. And the guy and this this dealer just went, but see you later, bro. Not my problem anymore. You bought the watch and just left him. You know, like, that's it's almost criminal. So you gotta be careful. You gotta, you know. Well, depending on how, and depending, I, I make no comment on on this specific deal because I genuinely don't know who it is or whatever. But if depending on how it was represented in the first place by the dealer yeah. selling it, if the words original and original parts and da da, it is actually potentially criminal. It's so bad. It's and it's so and much certainly money. Civil, like, and certain, certainly civil liability is almost assured. It's crazy. Right? So, yeah, use the sourcing service. Use the dealers that have the connections, you know, use the guys that you can trust because far out, like, do you want to get stung 400 grand in a hole on a fake dial? That's crazy. Oof. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's an area fraught with, with, uh, with problems, but look on the most positive side. And I think it's, and it's, I think it's a good point on which to, to sort of wrap up this, this particular thread of conversation is, I think the biggest advantage is not necessarily just safety because there is, although there are a lot of pitfalls, there there is also a lot of safety now. You know, Chronos 24 and, you know, PayPal, PayPal protection on eBay and all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, there, it's never been safer to buy stuff online than, than it is now. Um, and, and typically, you know, a good watch dealer, even if they're not calling themselves a watch sourcing service, you know, has all the connections and all that stuff that, that as we've said. But to me, the most important thing is, and again, perhaps it's part of my my uh, what's the word uh, um, propensity to like something a little bit different to to what other people are, are wearing or whatever. The, the beauty of, of of a good knowledgeable watch sourcing person connection is. That they can often, and you, you mentioned the, the speedy variations. I mean, there are millions of them, and Crazy. people and people kind of a lot. I've had had people come to me and say, "Oh, I really like those Michael Schumacher ones." I got uh, one today. They're cool. Got one in. But, Yellow doll. But I per, kind of prefer, personally, I prefer the speedy racing dials, which are mm. kind of to most people are the same. It's got that kind of checkered flag motif and all that. And sometimes you'll show someone and go, "Okay, you like that, but what about?" This thing, and they go, oh man, it's so much cooler, and da, 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 da. so you know you can get you, it's you. I think if you if your your sourcing connection is doing their job properly, they will bring you joy in the purchase and the item that you end up with far greater than yeah. just the savings would suggest, and maybe you'll end up spending a little bit more, but you're going to get something that you really, really want that is really going to bring you joy over a longer period of time. That's that's someone that is is ultimately responsible other than yourself, someone who is is financially committed to the the process as well, just like you are. So you know you are paying them a fee. So professionally they are indebted to you to do that job and to make sure that you're satisfied with it. You know, ultimately if you get your hair cut at the barber and you're not happy, you can, there's some recourse there. You know, there's someone who's professionally indebted to you and responsible. The same thing here. Like if you pay us to source for you and we get you the wrong watch, like, yeah, we're responsible for that. It's, it's, 
behooves us to make sure you're happy so you come back and do it again and we can create a relationship and that, like it's it's awful circle like <laughs> taking it out of your hands takes the headache of talking to people out of your hands because mate that is like the worst part of being a watch dealer is the is some of the people you have to deal with lowballing and just being angry at the world because prices are prices like you don't want to deal with that no one wants to deal with that but we'll do it for you like that's that's our job that's what we do it's 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 our job to sort of round those sharp edges and and you know make sure everyone's happy and can navigate that so taking that load off you mentally as well you you're busy you got stuff to do like let us do it let the let the dealer the sourcing person do it for you and um, that's a huge huge benefit to it it's the same as it's basically the same principle of selling on consignment like take the headache away from yourself dealing with people it's that as blunt as that is, that's true. That's a huge part of it. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's uh, it's 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 something it's something that I enjoy the most about about the you know sort of commercial aspect of of fine watches is 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 dealing with clients who 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 want to know more. Look, I, I love it. I love it when an order comes through on the website that's just so, such and such as paid. Can you send it off? That's great as well, of course, but. I, I really love the ones where people ring and they go, oh, look, I'm looking at the, the da-da-da that you have. And I go, oh, yeah, cool, you like that. I, what about I've actually got these couple as well that are, that are not up at the moment. And that's okay, that's straying into not sourcing, but at least it's it's the, hey, I've also got these things that you might like. And that might lead to the conversation, oh, right. well, I thought I wanted that. Now you've shown me these other times. I really like that, you know, vintage uh, you know, Japanese 70s chrono vibe, but can you get me a blue one? And then you, you're off trying to find something else, and that, that's great. And, and yeah. you know, think about, uh, listeners think about, you know, how many times have you been into so, trying to find something and you go into a shop and someone's super helpful and you've ended up sort of buying something else because they actually understood you and they, they helped you to understand what it is you're actually trying to buy you know, because it's Absolutely. it's an area that's new to you or whatever. So it's uh yeah, it's it's worth doing, I think. So that's that's watch sourcing. So next episode, we I'm very, very lucky here in Tokyo that the home, the flagship uh Seiko store is here in uh Ginza mm-hmm. and I am yeah. going there in the next couple of days to have a look through there. Um, and I've got um, some time to go and look at uh, the Corono uh, workshops and a few other places uh, because there is, just, there is just an unbelievable industry over here and uh, we'll talk about it in depth next time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I urge everybody who loves watches well, everybody who just loves food and life generally come to Japan, but especially people who love watches come to Japan because not only is the, the, the Japanese industry amazing, but the sheer volume of of everything available. When else are you going to walk into a, a store in in a in a albeit very nice mall and see an Eric Clapton, a beautiful condition Universal Geneva yeah. Eric Clapton in in a cabinet? That's so you know it's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and right. so look out for next week until next Guys, week, you know, continue the conversation. 
comment below. Have you used the sourcing? What are your experiences? Like we want to hear, we want to continue the conversation in the comments. Let us know. Um, and we'll do our best to respond to absolutely everyone. And we love that little community. Like we said, that's, that's forming and we want to grow it. Um, please like subscribe, follow us, you know, follow Ben at fine watches on Instagram. Um, follow myself, uh, GC watch guy and, and the watch dealers and talk to us, talk to us about your, your experiences and what you think. And then please tune in in a couple of weeks. Um, the all, all Japan, all Japan, all Japan. That was a terrible way of saying that word. <laughs> all Japan episode. You know, we've got, we've got Seiko, Citizen, Crador. Oh, I'm excited for Crador. Crador. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Ben will have some, some great it. images he can flash up on the screen for you. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you too. Um, so we've had some really kind comments in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, yeah, as always, as Lewis said, and I'll hammer it home. Please, please, please hit like, hit subscribe, share. Um, it really, really helps. I know that you hear that on every podcast except Joe Rogan because he's huge enough that he doesn't give a shit about his subscription numbers anymore. But it really, really helps us uh, to to get seen. So if you can, that'd be great. And uh, yes, from the Fine Watchers podcast. Until next time, enjoy. Oh,